Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Indiscriminate News Network, hosted by Jason Sinclair. I honestly don't give a rat's patootie about what the mainstream media is trying to ram down our throats. I'll do the research, give my two cents, and then move on. Thank you. Now on to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm going to do part three of Citigroup's rap sheet. All right. Meltdown and bailout. When the financial crisis erupted in 08, Citi was seen as one of the most vulnerable of the big institutions. As a New York Times investigation found, the bank had been particularly reckless loading up the subprime mortgage-related securities that were now deemed toxic. Citi was slated to receive an infusion of $25 billion from the Trouble Assets Program Relief TARP, but its condition turned out to be so precarious that in November 08, the federal government announced that it would protect Citi against potential losses on its $306 billion pool of toxic assets and provide an additional $20 billion infusion. As a Washington Post columnist Stephen Perelson pointed out, of all the rescues mounted by the government this year, none carries out with more symbolism or more irony than the, that of Citigroup, which of course has done so much to break down the federal restrictions in the financial sector. So they got so big and so large doing so many crooked things that they had the government by the you-know-whats and they couldn't break them up. For a while, it looked like City might be broken up under pressure from the federal government. It spun off its Smith-Barney retail brokerage business into a joint venture with Morgan Stanley. There was even speculation in the business press that City might be nationalized. A full takeover did not occur, but in February 2009, the Fed government said it would increase its stake in City to 36%. Despite being a ward of the state, Citi continued to get hit with regulatory sanctions. In March 08, FINRA fined it $2 million for a transaction for reporting violations and then $175,000 for a failure to properly supervise communications with customers during the initial public offering of Vonage, as well as $600,000 for deficiencies related to the supervision of complex trading strategies. The U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission announced October 09 that Citi would pay $100,000 to settle the reporting violations. FINRA pours, uh, imposed more than 210,000, uh, sorry, to end 200, <laughs> sorry, so many numbers, in 2010, included $650,000 for disclosure of supervisory relations to Citibank's direct borrow program and 1.5 million supervisory violations relating to a broker who misappropriated $60 million from cemetery trust funds. That year, SEC announced that Citi would pay it. $75 million penalty to sell allegations that it misled investors about its exposure to subprime mortgage real estate assets. Also charged were the company's former chief financial officer and its former head of investor relations. In December 2009, Citi worked out a deal to repay its federal aid, but in negotiated terms that allowed it to enjoy huge tax savings on the process. A year later, the federal government completed its sell-off of Citi, claiming that it enjoyed a profit of $12 billion in the transactions. More violations emerged in 2011. FINRA cited FINRA, uh, sorry, FINRA fined Citi $500,000 for failing to supervise the sales assistant misappropriation, more than $700,000 in customer funds. The Federal Housing Financial Agency sued Citi and other firms for abuse of the sale of mortgage-backed securities, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Then the SEC announced that Citi would pay $285 million to settle charges that it defrauded investors a billion dollars in collateralized debt obligation tied to the U.S. housing market. Citi had taken a proprietary shot, short position against those assets without telling the investors. The settlement amount in the SEC case, which was far below the $700 million in losses suffered by the defrauded investors, was roundly criticized by federal judge Jed Rakoff, 
who overseeing the case, Chad Rockoff, also challenged SEC's willingness to let City get off without admitting guilt in the matter, calling the deal neither reasonable nor fair nor adequate nor in the public interest. He rejected the settlement, but the SEC filed an appeal which did not, which is not yet fully resolved. City was one of five large mortgage services that in February 2012 consented to a $25 billion settlement with the federal government and the state attorneys general to resolve allegations of loan servicing and foreclosure abuses. The same month, U.S. attorney in Manhattan announced City would pay $158 million to sue charges that its mortgage unit frauded mess led federal government into ensuring thousands of risky home loans. In August 2012, City agreed to pay a $500 million settlement lawsuits charging that it deceived investors by concealing the extent of its exposed to toxic pro, uh, subprime debt. Yo, I mean, give me a break here. All right, we're still in 2012. 2012, there were also FINRA fines for $600,000 for charging excessive markups, markdowns on bond transactions, $2 million for supervisory violations relating to exchange-traded funds, $3.5 million for providing inaccurate performance data related to subprime securities, and $888 thousand for municipal bond proceeds that pay for lobbyists. The CFTC announced a city would pay $525 to sell charges that exceeded limits on speculation positives in wheat futures. In January 2013, city was one of 10 major lenders that agreed to pay a total of $8.5 billion to resolve claims and foreclosure abuses. City CEO Vikram Pandit paid a price for the bank's transgressions. In 2012, the city channel rejected a board-approved plan to hike his annual pay to $14.9 million. In the following October, he was ousted from his post. In March 2013, City agreed to pay $730 million to settle a lawsuit brought by institutional investors charging that were misled by the bank concerning risks associated with several offerings of City preferred stock and bonds between 06 and 08. That same month, Federal Reserve brought an enforcement action against City for having inadequate money laundering controls. In 2013, City agreed to pay a $968 million to Fannie Mae to settle claims that misrepresented the quality of home loans sold to the agency. In October 2013, Freddie Mac announced that City would pay $395 million to repurchase home loans on the bank that sold the mortgage agency did not confirm the later guidelines. City was fined $95 million by the European Commission for its role in illegal manipulation of the LIBIOR interests and benchmarks by the U.S. and market banks. Okay, this is insane. This keeps on going and going and going and going and going. I'll jump here a couple of years, so um, more recently. Also in January 2017, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau fined, uh, fined two city subsidiaries $28 million for keeping borrowers in the dark about avoiding foreclosures and burdening them with excessive paperwork demands when they applied for foreclosure relief. 2018, CFPB ordered City to pay $335 million in restitution to 1.7 million credit cards customers for failing to properly adjust their interest rates. Go into some in employee issues. In 01, City Salomon Smith Barney agreed to pay $635,000 to U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to sell charges that discriminate against certain employees of a data center based on race and national origin in 08 smith barney agreed to pay 33 million dollars to about 2500 current and fe former female brokers settle class action gender discrimination lawsuit in 2010 a group of current and former females in cities municipal securities sued the company accusing it of being outdated boys club in which women are denied equal terms and condition employment the case is pending 
09, a Citigroup retail industry analyst participated in the U.S. Chamber of Commerce conference called the design to build opposition to the employee free choice uh, legislation that would have made it easier for labor unions to organize. Woo! That's a mouthful, isn't it? These guys, man. I, I, <laughs> terrible. I, maybe the government should have held their their thirty something percent in the company just to keep them on the on track and on their toes and just not like taking advantage where they can. And what it is, they're making more money. They're getting fined, so it's in their best interest to keep on keep business as usual doing that. They're just going to keep doing it. And no one's going to get in trouble for it. They just pay their fines out and make the money. All right, thanks for listening. This is Jason with the Indiscriminate News Network. Take care. You'll hear from me soon. Hit that subscribe, follow button wherever you're listening. I appreciate your support very, very much. Take care. Bye.